Attention golfers, if you're looking to upgrade your game with a set of high-quality clubs that are blazing fast, beyond forgiving, and beautifully made, check out the all-new PXG Gen 6 Golf Clubs. Not only are they easy to hit, they deliver outstanding distance and incredible accuracy, lowering your scores and bringing you more fun on the golf course. What more could you want? Schedule your Gen 6 fitting today at pxg.com or by calling 844-PLAY-PXG. And we're back, Stripe Show podcast on a Monday, Masters Monday. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Hope you had a, a, a good weekend. I had a good weekend, another week, another cash ticket. Corey Connors gets to the, the finish line for us, 21 to 1. That's back to back. Pick Sam Burns in the match play. And now we come back in Connors. Horses for courses gets a second win at the Valero Texas Open. So much to talk about. I'm going to talk about the Texas Open. Corey Connors, Patrick Rogers couldn't get it done again. Um, the, the women's amateur at Augusta National. Live Golf was playing in Orlando. And all this bubbles up to a little tournament that we call the Masters at Augusta National. A guy that's played it 10 times joins me from Dallas, six-time winner on the PGA Tour, Hunter Mayhem. How you doing, man? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me. God, there's so much golf to talk about right now. I mean, professional golf is fragmented. It's hard to keep it all together. But when you have a podcast, it's just rich in storylines. And I got to tell you, Brooks Kepka winning and looking the way he did, I think is great as he heads into the Masters. And of course, all of these live guys now showing up at Augusta National. Tomorrow night, that dinner's party, Hunter, is going to be... God, I wish. I mean, I would... I'd give all this up to be there for that dinner just to fly on the wall, wouldn't you? It would be the most interesting <laughs> dinner in the history of mankind, for sure. I mean, it's uh, at Augusta National with so much being said about so many of the players. Um, and that I've, I've said before that the, the, the part I didn't see coming from live golf coming into um, existence was the fractioning of, of friendships and um, the way it's sort of torn apart a lot of um, mm -hmm. friendships and people that we know. So um, that's the part I didn't realize that would make, come about of this. Um, you know, it's, and, uh, and specifically like all the people I feel like, Phil knew, you know, he was very close to Freddie um, and so many people that have been so against it. And he's sort of been ostracized. Like Phil specifically, it feels like mm -hmm. has been more ostracized than a lot of the other guys. A lot of the guys aren't really complaining about um, those sort of feelings and, and coming from other guys. Um, but this is, I mean, this is, um, you know, Faldo has been very vocal about it. Yep. He's going to, I'm sure he's going to be there. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of older generation guys are not real thrilled. And so it'll be, it would be a very, very interesting, a lot of conversations. I think most guys are going to be professional because it is Augusta and they're not yeah. going to create any sort of, they don't want to create any sort of media storm before an event, because I'm sure people are going to be digging and digging to see what was going on uh, that night. Well, apparently Gary player didn't get that memo. He, he's had no problem uh, ruffling the waters a little bit. <laughs> oh my God. Augusta national with, I know. with some of his comments, but you're right. I mean, uh, you know, Freddie couples has been, um, open and so has Nick Faldo and, and others. So I'm sure there's going to be some side conversations, you know, some real conversations that are going to happen there. I'm sure cooler heads, um, 
will prevail. You know, one of the guys that I know you're friends with that has, I think, handled this really well. I've had a lot of respect for DJ. You know, he went and did his thing. You know, I think Bubba Watson, who who you know well and friends with, has has handled it in 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 a really good way. He's leaned in to live. He said, "This is what I'm doing," and um, he he kind of makes it, he kind of makes it sound like that as he was doing his press conference in Orlando that the media is building this up more than it really is between the players. But then you got Joaquin Neiman saying, oh, wow, there's some friction and it's going to be interesting to see. And he's motivated because of this and leaning in. I I just, I can't imagine that every single player is just like cool with it. You know, like there's going to be some friction there. There's going to be some cold shoulders there. Like we saw with Rory and, uh, and Patrick Reed, there's been some lawsuits. I mean, come on. I mean, it's just, it's not going to be just absolute perfect waters here. There's going to be some rough waters. And I'm, and I'm sure a few comments said from time to time, don't you think? Oh, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of branches on this tree, right? When you talk about, uh, Ryder cup, you know, implications for a lot of these guys. And, and so the, the European guys are, are very much, it feels like continuing their the goal of playing on the European tour and, and mm-hmm. getting back in the Ryder Cups. Um, there's just a lot to this. And some guys like DJ's like, he just cut ties and said, I'm going to be a live golfer and this is what I'm going to do. I'm in the majors for the next X amount of years. And this is just my path. And Bubba kind of the same way. Like, you know, for some players like Charles and Bubba, when you're in your forties, um, Bubba's in Augusta, you know, for the next however many years, um, this was an easy transition for them to just do this and, kind of cash in on your, on your brand and, and get your money and, and then kind of get out. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. these guys kind of don't want to really play 20 plus events to sort of keep their card when there's another alternative. And a lot of the guys just did that. And I think a lot of guys like that from, from DJ and there's a lot of fighters in there on the live side. And yeah, and the, those are the guys that like, I think Norman kind of leans into and wants those guys to push and push and create that animosity because I think animosity is, um, interest and interest hopefully yeah. for them is creating ratings. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's going to be huge ratings. I mean, I, I just can't imagine, well, I mean, let's put it this way. I can't think of another tournament that I am more excited to watch, um, than this one because he got obviously tiger. He's on site. He looked good. I saw a couple swings. Um, he looks healthy. Um, that's huge. You've got uh, Rory going for the career grand slam. You've got Scotty Shuffler, the defending champion, playing great golf. John Rahm's playing great golf. Uh, JT, you, you know, will be heard from. I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of big names on the PGA Tour that are bubbling up. And then you come over here to live golf and you have all that contingency. And it's the first time they've been together. And now Brooks wins. And we know Brooks can come in and stir some things up. DJ looked good. Cam Smith finally put some birdies together. Patrick Reed. So all these guys coming together, speaking off feeding off animosity, uh, Patrick Reed pretty much does that. He likes conflict and he thrives in it. You've been on his team, President's Cups, um, Ryder Cups. You've seen it firsthand. Give our, just give my audience firsthand Patrick Reed as that guy, right? Because, you know, we see a lot of things that have happened and all this smoke and uh, allegations and all this, but Patrick Reed, the locker room, what's it like? Yeah, he's, you know, he went through this process when he first came on the tour, right? This kind of, um, his path was aggressive, in your face, bold, um, 
I think when he won the row, he was talking about being the best player in the world. And, and you know, that's top five, right? Top five. And yeah. it was, it was like, everyone's like just trying to remember who he was and we're going to put a face <laughs> to the name and he was already putting it out there and he's, he's brash and he likes it and he can, he can take it. And not, not a lot of people can, not a lot of people can put it out there and, and back it up and actually sort of revel in that. Mm-hmm. you know revel in stirring the pot like he does which is great i mean that's that's kind of his thing and then i being on his team i think a lot of the guys when he when he first made kind of the Ryder cup team and everything was like you know i i think we appreciated his his work ethic and his game and what he puts into it because he puts a lot into it yeah. and you got to respect the time and effort that he puts into it because he's a true grinder um in every sense of the word when it comes to being a great golfer, he wants to be the very, very best. And, you know, I think that's why he won Augusta is that nobody wanted him to win. And I think he completely thrives off right. of those things. And oh, yeah. so I think going to live, like I've said before, could spark him to actually being play some of his best golf because nobody really wants them to like win a major, you know, that could still, that could take, you know, that's going to add to the live golf headlines. And I think people, definitely the PJ tour and, and others would rather them not win and kind of right. just be in the backdrop. But, you know, I, I would actually, and I would, you could put Brooks in that conversation as well. Guys kind of like the smoke and like the heat, but um, he, and, and so he, he kind of went playing going back to that. He, he was kind of playing and I think he did. And you see it from a lot of the, the, older videos and interviews on the presence of guys really wrapped their arms around him and mm-hmm. he kind of fell into it and he really, I think enjoyed it and felt like, Hey, I could play professional golf, beat these guys and not have to create this animosity and just enjoy kind of these relationships. Um, and then I don't know, I don't think he was really playing that well. And I felt like he, something could have happened or he just was like, you know, I need to get back to being kind of a little bit angry out there. And mm-hmm. And then he kind of felt like he kind of fell back into that into where he didn't really seem to have many friendships or relationships out there. You know, they kind of dissolved. And there was a lot of guys on those teams that were trying to bring him in, you know, come into the huddle. You don't have to be an individual this week. Mm -hmm. We want you to succeed this week. We want to play with you. We know what you're capable of. So it it does feel like he's gone back to those beginning years and he's, he's, um, playing with a lot of veracity and he's playing with a lot of, you know, a lot of chips on his shoulder. He's got a whole lace bag there and he's, and he wants to win. I guarantee you there's plenty of those live guys that would love, love to sort of go into a major and, and lift that trophy. And, and uh, you know, Norman would love it as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, Norman said that they'll all be down there. You know, every one of them, what is there? 17, 18 of them playing. Yeah. I and, saw that. I was yeah, like, yeah. I was just reading that. I was like, <laughs> it's yeah. just really trying to rub it in their face, especially I guess <laughs> I think Norman this week. I mean, he's, I don't know if he's going to be on site, but um, I think he definitely wants to be. The most drama that you could ask for come Sunday night would be Patrick Reed winning the masters. That's the most but, drama you could have right there. If he had to put on the green jacket for a second time, he won at course back in 2018, Scotty Scheffler, the defending champion. So interesting about Reed too, what you say about you guys wrapped your arms around him and he seemed to maybe, I don't know, he probably wouldn't admit this, but maybe a feeling, a sense of, of, of acceptance. Right. Yeah. And that had to feel good, but then he kind of sounds like has pushed away and, but now he's back to being on the team again, the four aces. Right. And, yeah. um, 
you know, with DJ and Peter Ulime and I think Pat Perez. My God, I can't believe I knew the names of those four. Of course, they're the best team that they have on live. But um, nonetheless, I mean, you, you make you make comment about Brooks too, who I think thrives on it also. Yeah. And, you know, his episode on full swing, the Netflix document. I was texting with his coach this morning, Claude Harmon III, who I know well. And they they got started again last summer. Um, okay. They they're a good match. You know, they, yeah, they really yeah. are. I mean, Claude knows Brooks's game extremely well. And he, and, and look, and Claude helped Brooks get to the PGA tour um, from where he was. They had a lot of success, of course, won four majors. Brooks decided to go on his own. That didn't go very well. Uh, the injuries certainly plagued into that and, and then rehired Claude and they had to untangle some things. A lot of it's setup related, some backswing stuff where he could just get back to hitting that little power fade. And I watched it, and it looked like Brooks of the old. I mean, it did. It looked like this power fade off the tee. He can draw it with his irons, and it was, it was, it was good. And it, and he looked confident with his irons or with his putter as well. So, him coming into Augusta, um, you know, you look at uh, his record, Kepka, not great the last two years, but injury related, missed the cut twice, twenty uh, to twenty twenty two and twenty twenty one. But he was T seven and. 2021 and, and T19 and T2. So let it be known, I've already sprinkled some win money on Brooks Kapka. In addition to Rory McIlroy to complete the Grand Slam, because I think Rory, I don't know, I wanna, I'm going to ask you this, then I want to switch here and I want to talk about the Valero Texas Open because I got some comments there and, and about Corey Connors and I want to ask you about Patrick Rogers as well. But Rory has taken on so much off the course, right? And has kind of become, all intents and purposes, the A face, the biggest face on the PGA Tour with Tiger, you know, off in the backdrop, only playing the major championships and maybe another one here or there. Um, but I think Rory's embraced it. You know, I, I think he's got to be a little fatigued at times and um, I think a little quick to the punch more so than we've seen with Rory, but he's embraced it. And I... I do think he's kind of elevated, right? He's played some pretty decent golf as well. Um, and, and with Rory, as you know, it's kind of like if his, if his putter goes, then Rory can go, right? And if his putter gets a little chilly, then, you know, he kind of hangs out, you know, T20 or T15. He's that good. He didn't have to putt well to get into the top 20. But outside of Reed winning is for drama, I think the best feel-good story would be Rory winning, wouldn't it? To complete the career grand slam. Um, it would be the most poetic for sure after everything that's happened the last year and and what you've talked about about Rory really taking on the the PR side for the PGA Tour and being their most vocal um, champion and attacking I don't say but defending the PGA Tour he's he's been front and center every single week and yep. like you said I think it's I think he's done his service and I think he should step out of that ring and the PJ tour should step in that ring and they need to have somebody, you know, I know they hired, I think they had Jason Gore. I think Jason Gore yeah. should be there every week. I agree. Taking those questions. Roy doesn't yep. need to be taking those questions. He should have started the season and said, guys, I've done my job. I have fought for you. I have, you know, we, with, with him and the other players and Tiger coming in, we have sort of reset what we feel like the PJ tour is going to be going forward, mm -hmm. but I'm done. I'm going to go play golf now. And then, you know, that's because that's my job. My job isn't to be your PR 
uh, team. So I, I agree with you. I think he should step down from that. And I think he sort of talked about that. It seemed like at the, the was it match play or somewhere where he's like, you know, I need to just focus on golf now because mm-hmm. <laughs> he has taken way, way too much on his shoulders. And so uh, hopefully he's done that. I hope he's done that because I think he's, he should, he's done far more for the tour than I think anyone really, any player should. The tour should have a whole team to handle these things and to step out every week and say, hey, this is our plan moving forward. Uh, the players, they don't need to talk to you about this because they have to go play golf and they have to, you know, be, they have to be the engine of the PGA Tour and continue to promote it uh, by showing you how, who, where the best golfers play. So mm-hmm. I hope, you know, I hope Rory can come in, come in here rested fully revved up, ready to go. I'm sure he is. It's going to be Augusta week. He knows the course, so he doesn't need any real prep. He just needs to feel, he just needs to be rested and, 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 you know, find that stroke and find that feel around the greens. I agree. I think he's taken on too much. Uh, probably initially he was like, yeah, I'm comfortable with it. But then after a while, it's like, come on, I think I gotta, I gotta play golf. That's what I do. I'm well, it was every at. week. It was every week. Yeah. There was something yeah. and he was the guy. And I was just so confused on where the tour was. I was like, where's the representative? Where is, yeah. You know, they've got, they've got plenty of people to go up there and, and, and I've always been confused on why the tour keeps engaging with mm-hmm. these live questions. Cause they could just, it's an easy, Hey, I play on the PGA tour. I don't play on live. We're very right. happy. And the new structure and the new plan we have going forward is very, very exciting. Um, so I just don't know why they keep even taking questions on it. I'm going to come back to Augusta here in a second. I've got some questions about the course. You played it 10 times. Um, you had, Made the cut seven, three top tens at a T8 back in 2010. We're going to come back to the course. It's going to be wet. Some specific questions there. But let's let's transition over to um, the Valero Texas Open for a second. Uh, down in San Antonio, not far from you. You guys make courses look way too easy, man. I got to tell you. like I played, I played that course one time, the Oaks course, years ago. Yeah. And the wind was blowing 30. And I swear to God, I, I promised to myself when I walked up that course, I'd never play golf again. Like I just got <laughs> absolutely destroyed yeah um it, you know, it's a good one it actually is a really good course <laughs> it's not easy the greens are kind of they've they've toned them down over the years but yeah. they're pretty wild they are wild and there's no room off the tee i mean you're no, you know, yeah. like there's you know, you know yeah there's the first cut a little but then after that it's like it's it's gone yeah like on virtually every hole and that wind gets whipping man it's just it's brutal anyway Corey wins it horses for courses it's a real thing and i mean for you you know, some of your favorite courses over the years, like you just feel comfortable. Like Corey just shows up there. He won it back in what, 2019. He was the last Monday qualifier to get in and win a golf tournament. He goes back there and he wins again, right? It's a real thing for you guys. You get out there, just good vibes, right? When you get on sight lines off the tee, is that how it works? Yeah, I think you just have a general, you know, you have success at a place and then you get to go back to it again. I, I had this kind of at Travelers Championship. Um one there in um, of seven and then just had a great run there where I felt like I finished top three for about four or five years in a row. And was always in contention. Um, once you start having a little bit of success, your brain immediately goes to, this is what I did when I won, or this is when I played well, or everything just seems to fit, right? Like you don't have to, uh, you're never really in between clubs. It feels like you kind of know where to go. The shot, your misses always seem to end up in the right spot for the easy up and downs. Um, it just kind of plays your strengths in those ways. And, and, uh, obviously he's played 
winning an event twice. I mean, he's a great, great ball striker. And that, oh. and that golf course is all about ball striking. Um, maybe some of the smallest greens on tour. So um, his ability to kind of be able to attack um, uh, from the second shot. Because it, it, it is, it's, there's danger, but the fairways are pretty wide there, you know, by, by tour standards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's just, he can clearly just see what he has to do. Mm-hmm. Um, never puts himself in trouble. And when you get on the right levels there and the right situations on a lot of those greens, you can be really aggressive. Those greens don't really get that fast. So mm-hmm. um, you don't have to be a great putter to win there. You got to be able to put yourself in position there enough times. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, and, and that's obviously one of the things you look at is, you know, Corey's not a great putter. It's He's, he's bottom third on the PGA Tour. Um, but he's one of the best ball strikers in the world. I mean, he was positive 9.6 stroke scan approach. Yeah. I mean, that's just a huge number. The greens, are, the greens are so crazy there. Yeah. Not everyone's going to make a lot of putts, right? You're not going to have a week where you make all these putts that go dipping mm-hmm. and diving. You got to be able to good, good enough with your ball striking to give yourself a lot of opportunities. And if you play well in the par fives, um, you can make a lot of birdies uh, pretty easily. Yeah, he was positive 3.9 um, off the tee. And he was actually slightly positive with uh, chipping and putting. Now, let me transition to this. Now, I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but yeah, man, when I watch Corey Connors hit that little low to medium chip shot, I, I damn near have to close my eyes because I'm telling you, Hunter, it is borderline yips. Like I, you know, like it. It looks like the yips, and I and I know. Some people in the that are good friends with Connor's camp, and I've talked to some people, and they've seen it, and it's they they kind of sh- strategize away from it, you know. Oh yeah, these, these these certain shots, right? Yeah, for sure. And and the one thing about you have to understand um, about the yips, it didn't show up every time, right? Like you just sometimes it's like, uh, and then everyone, and then the next time it's, and so I've just seen a couple times where it's like, whoa. Um, so I worry about that because you know Corey. Uh, not taking anything away from his win. I mean, it's just the dude is an absolute ball striking genius, um, and he, and and he's so good that when he gets, if he can get anything at all from his wedge game around, or just little chip shots around the ground. I'm not talking about like the 50, 60, 70, you know, like approaches. I'm talking about like the little vanilla ones. You know, yeah. just a little low bump and yeah, runs, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. tight lie, that kind of stuff. Um. You know, if he can get anything out of that and make a few putts, I mean, he can he can win elsewhere outside of um, TPC San Antonio. So it's just something to look at. I just uh, I hope that uh, that he that he can that he can work through it. But usually in those situations, man, you, usually you have to kind of got to blow it up, you know, and just kind of do something completely different, which is left hand low, like we saw Kisner. He's been now he's been chipping left hand low. I see. Um, Shoot, he, he, I'm drawing a blank. There's another guy that's doing it left hand low. Um, you know, usually got to blow it up and kind of just start over again mentally. You know, on those shots that were starting to show up, just something to look at. But he he wins it. Let's let's transition to Patrick Rogers for a second. Um, Rogers, that'd have been something if he would have won. Another Stanford grad, uh, Rose Zhang, won the um, Augusta National Women's Amateur on uh, earlier. And man, that, that girl, let's talk about her for a second before we get to the other Stanford grad. That girl is something. I mean, my goodness, 19 years of age. How about this resume? 19 years of age, Hunter, 2020 U.S. Women's Amateur Champ, 
2022 NCAA Division I champ, 2023 Augusta National Women's Amateur champ. Oh my God. She wins in a playoff over uh, Jenny Bayman. She's won it all. She's 19 years of age. I mean, this is a, this is a big, big thing for women's golf. She turns pro. It's going to be huge for the LPGA Tour to have an American excellent player and I think could be potentially dominant. I mean, she's just that good. I saw her, um, I think I saw one of her interviews and she was talking about her um, sort of the knowledge of her own swing and how she uses TrackMan a lot, Mm -hmm. which I feel like is so dominant amongst all basically tour players and aspiring tour players from college, even high school, everyone's using um, TrackMan and all that information and all that data and stuff. And so um, she was really, I thought it was so neat because she was really owning her swing and kind of really understood it mm-hmm. and understand why it works and then why and probably where she gets into trouble. Uh, I think she talked about how she made adjustments going in the back nine that kind of helped her kind of, you know, uh, stop the, uh, you know, the bleeding and yeah, then, to, to you know, extent, and, yeah. Yeah. And then, and, and come out on top. So, um, that's great for her to kind of go through that experience of kind of having a big lead and sort of going, now, what do I do? Right. Mm-hmm. When you get a big lead, it's really, you're, you're, it's like, you've almost accomplished what you're trying to do, but now <laughs> you have to keep going and keep playing. And that time is weird. And so, because when you're playing golf, you're trying to shoot a score, but when you, you know, when you're trying to win a tournament and you have such a big lead, it, it's, I think it's easy to kind of get lackadaisical and sort of just start counting down to the end. And that's when you can get in trouble. So those little hiccups and the time and, and the, her ability to kind of push through and kind of go back to what she knows with her swing and have that confidence to kind of push through and grind it out and figure out a way to win. And that's what she was there to do is win and not win by a lot, just win. And so impressive that she did that. Obviously she's a great, great player. Um, and she got some more lessons this week that aren't, you know, that you can't find in a track man that you have to find competing and kind of losing it for a while. And then figuring out how do I get it back and how do I get a score out of this? And, you know, that's what she did, which is very, very, very cool to see um, a player like that learning on the fly um, and then come out on top like that. It's really neat. Yeah, it's good for players to see that and go like, you know what? I just have to keep grinding even if I'm five or six shots because you just don't know what's going to happen. Right. Right. One or two bad swings. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of questioning everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's, um, I think a lot of people learned a lot from that week. So women's golf is, seems like being a really cool place. Yeah, it is. Yeah. She's going to be uh, fantastic. Jenny Bay, uh, university of Georgia and a nice push there to get into that playoff. She's going to be great. So yeah, it, it was cool to see. That's a great event. Then they roll into the, um, drive chip and putt. So they just, you know, masters just, they got to figure it out, man. They just make great decisions and just put on <laughs> a great show. And that, that was yet. Uh, another one. Now over to the other Stanford grad, which is Patrick Rogers, who also won a lot of tournaments uh, in college, but he can't win one as a pro. And in the betting world, and we do on Tuesday and we get all these handicappers, there might not be a guy more frustrating than Patrick Rogers. Um, 66, 67, then he goes 71, 73. The dude is one of the nicest guys in the world. I was texting with his coach. I was like, God, I hope he gets this done. I am cheering for Patrick Rogers and I don't even have a win ticket arm. Like, that's just like, you know what no, I'm saying? Like I've love. got, I've got the that's other love. guy. Yeah. Like I just, I want him to win. You know, like just go get him and, and win. 
look, there's just the bottom line is there's just some guys when you get to the pro level, right? And I know winning helps at every level, but it's different on the PGA tour, right? You won six times. Um, there's probably some other tournaments you felt like you let get away, mm. but you, you've done it. You've won and then you did it again and then you did it again and then you did it again. And it's different. There's just some guys who are, you know, obviously out there, they're great players. They wouldn't be out there. But when that moment hits to win, they become a little bit different, right? They just, all of a sudden, they get a little more passive. All of a sudden, they get a little tighter. All of a sudden, the backswing gets a little shorter. All of a sudden, there's a little more tension in the grip. And they just have a hard time in those moments situationally. Like I talk about just situationally. And there's some guys that are like, let's go. I'm ready to win. Like Max Holman looks like yeah, he has it. You know, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. He just looks like he, he, he elevated. Obviously Tiger had it. We know that. Um, and so I just, I, I think Sam Burns kind of has it a little, he's got a little dog in him, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I just want to look at, I just want to look at Patrick and I just want to be like, just shame, like, come on. I'm going to, I'm going to, let's get you. You know what I'm saying? Like, like something's got to be different shake him and try to piss him off and be like, go out there and get it done. Right. Yeah. And, and you said something before we came on and you said something about the caddy, right? And where you think the caddy could help in moments like this to push a guy across the finish line who clearly struggles on Sundays. Well, you know, we saw kind of last year with Will Zalatoris, right? He, he had a guy he had for a long time, kind of came from the mini tours and stuff. And he loved that guy. And he mm -hmm. did not. The last thing he ever wanted to do was get rid of him. And he knew that, you know what, maybe I have to do this if I want to reach my potential. And he did. And I think he won the next week or two weeks later. Right. And so, you know, Cameron Young just got, um, Paul Tesori. So, um, and I remember Sean O'Hare got Paul Tesori and all of a sudden Sean O'Hare's game kind of took off. Um, That's I got right. John Wood, you know, I got, and, and, and Paul helped, you know, um, um, uh, Web. Uh, Web. um, and so I got John Wood, at the most perfect time of my career, we were going to, uh, I had to go back to Q school, got John Wood. He didn't have a bag at the time. And we just, it was a perfect partnership. He knew kind of what he was uh, forceful enough and then knew when to let me go and trust my instincts at times. But he was, he was forceful in, in telling me, this is what I think. This is where we got to go. This is where the shot needs to kind of be. And we kind of talk about it. And I, and we had a great trust and I can just go out there, focus on what I have to do, look at my target and just swing. And mm -hmm. so, you know, um, I played with Patrick a few times. Everything you've said is correct. He's a phenomenal human being. Talent is, uh, is there, um, incredible. Golf strength. Beautiful. Golf beautiful. beautiful. He, he, he can just do it. Right. I don't know, mm. you know, coaching, you know, coaching him must be, um, I think it's a probably, you know, I, I don't know him enough to kind of dig into who Patrick Rogers is, but yeah. his, his abilities are, are at a high, high level. Yep. I do think you just sort of, when you see a trend like that, you're just, you're going to have to clear stuff out of there and make the game real simple for him and give him, simple fixes you're gonna have to figure out you know like i didn't want a whole lot of swing thoughts but i did need to have one i needed to feel okay feel something you know like justin rose when we were going to fully they had like three on the backswing and like four on the downswing he needed a lot of thoughts hmm. because that calmed him down so hmm. whatever rogers whatever patrick needs to kind of feel comfortable out there on the weekends they're gonna have to find that he's gonna have to like figure out what you know i i remember like my president's cup the first time i went there 
I was like overwhelmed. It was really overwhelming. I'm, I'm with Steve Stricker and Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson and Jack Nicholas just picked me to be a part of this event. I was looking around at everybody and everything thinking, I, what am I doing here? Like, this is, <laughs> these aren't my dreams. I'm not yeah. even living a dream. We've, we flew right past that. And, and I'm talking to these guys and we're in the same room. And I went, you know, my brain was, was wanting to prove to them and win every match by myself and win the whole thing on the first hole. And, it, you know, it was just a lot going on. And then I was really, truly felt like that helped me so much going to the Ryder Cups after that and the presence comes after that because I knew that I didn't have to do anything. I just needed to be present. And the hardest thing I was going to do was just be in the moment. And I had to work really, really hard at that and not try to win and just play golf and let the situation take over because it's enough. I don't need to add to anything. I just need to be me and be enough. And, you know, I know that the few times, um, uh, travel, going to travelers on the last day, I felt like I was going to win. I felt like I was ready. I was ready for any challenge to come my way. Um, you know, by three putting or hitting a bad shot, I just was ready to, to kind of just knock that out of the air and be like, I'm mm. right back to what we got to do. Cause we're going to do this. And so I don't know, Patrick, I couldn't, I can't speculate on what was yeah. going on or happening, but they need to find, I don't know, I, I'm not saying he needs to get rid of his caddy, but um, sometimes making moves like that have huge, huge benefits because the the player can love the caddy to death, but they're not actually the fit that Patrick actually needs. He might yeah. need something or somebody to say, I don't need you to, Patrick, I don't need you, I don't need any info from you today. Hmm. I need you to play golf because that's what you're great at. And we just need a little bit more of a focus on on where we're going to go with our shot. We don't need to talk about it too much. I do feel like maybe he can, you start talking about things and it just, you know, not helping the situation. It's yeah. very, it's right in front of you. This is what you got to do and you can do it and you have the game and you have the ability. And he totally does. Um, and no, for you just sure. have to keep grinding at it, you know? Yeah. No, there's no question about it. For sure he does. And I, I thought, I really thought in my mind, just what I was, I thought Saturday, okay. Um, you know, what did he end up shooting on Saturday? He shot 71. And he kind of just, you know, all right, he was there. You know, it could have maybe been a couple shots worse. Um, his short game was was solid, getting up and down. Um, he's hitting that bullet fade off the tee. Like, I just, yeah. I, I love his swing. I mean, just, oh my God. You can't, you can't, easy. It looks easy, right? Oh my God. Like, there's nothing to technically even like pick at. I mean, it's right. like, my God, it's just beautiful, you know? Yeah little short game shots kind of you know just turning left yeah the left elbow full beautiful it's just so good yeah um and so then and then this sunday uh, okay silly bogey another bogey um, another bogey you know just like it's not tight right it's just kind of like when you just passive just just, yeah it's like it is hard to sometimes figure out who are you as a player like what is your identity you know i played with brent snedeker in, in the a team event. And we were just not, a, it was not a good pairing because Brent is intense mm-hmm. and he's expressive. And I'm not that way. I can't be that. If I go out there and try to be Brent Seneker, it's a disaster. I need to be more subdued. Um, take it easy. I can't celebrate like he does. You know, yeah. we're just very, very different people. And sometimes as a player, you're trying to find your identity in that final group. Do I, how, how do I be, how, how do I play my best? in these really big moments. And cause it's not a question of if it's just a question of how, how am yeah. I going to be um, my very, very best in the big moments, you know, and you see it from all different players and all different uh, 
sports, there's a quietness that you yeah. can tell goes on in their face. You can see it. There's yeah. not much going on. They're completely calm. They're completely in it. And you can see a lot of players like there's not yeah. fear, but there's a lot going on and there is, they see everything. The great ones, they don't see everything. They see exactly where they're going and how mm -hmm. they're going to do it. And there's just an ease about them. And, you know, Corey probably feels that when he goes plays in San Antonio, there's an ease. There's not going a lot. There's not a lot in his head. He knows exactly Clearly. what to do. Yeah. He, I mean, he just put the, he put the foot down, played well on Sunday, making birdies down the yeah. stretch on the back nine. So, um, you know, Finau kind of, you could see that maturation, you know, and yeah, and, and with him and situationally. And look, you got to put yourself in the situation. You're going to fail some. I get it. But then, it, then it becomes a recurrence. Okay, we got an issue here. Like, there's something, yes, sure. there's something wrong, I and mean, there's something going on here on a Sunday internally that you're not, you're not putting your foot down the same way and hitting the shots the same way as you were on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, and we need we need to dig that out a little bit where we can push that forward. On Sunday, so hopefully they figured out. I mean, Finau figured it out. David Duvall went through it, right? Remember, David Duvall couldn't close, and finally he did. And then, yeah, well, we know what David Duvall was like. You know, yeah, <laughs> it was scary times. Yeah, he just started whipping everybody yeah, after that, yeah. and 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 got to number one in the world in the era of Tiger Woods. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he was only he could he could stand on the tee with Tiger, and be that guy, right? And 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 be one B. No, there's yeah. no one. There's not many guys who could stood there and, and be like, yeah, he's just that good and he could yeah. stand toe to toe with him um and be that guy so that was yeah. you know we almost forget that a little bit we do yeah we do how good he was and we forget about that he had a hard time yeah it, it's so hard to i mean that's a big you know when you play college right in amateur events there's no leaderboard there's no you don't have a lot of time it's only you know two or three round tournaments and and you play and like oh who won oh i did that's great awesome yeah. we won as a team and it's not when everything is standing there and you're watching all these things going on. There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of stuff happening. And you got to be, you know, you got to be the eye of that storm where everything's going around you, but you are, you know, you are controlling your environment. All right. It's finished with this. Back to Augusta. It's going to be wet. Forecast doesn't look great. Uh, they added some length. 13 is going to play different. Yeah. Um, back there, probably depending upon how much they move it back. Probably depends how much the ball is going to be rolling out. Um, but it, it's, you know, Augusta's not short, and we know there's a lot of undulation. Yeah, uh, we know the greens are crazy, um, and now you now it's wet. Now they have the sub air system; they can pump some of it out. But you know, the, the amount of rain that I think we're looking at getting here, uh, it's going to play pretty soft. So when you when you take all that in, what kind of player comes to mind? <laughs> it kind of feels like DJ, doesn't it? Back in when they played in the fall there. Um, you know, that kind of situation, length off the tee, right? That ball staying in the air has got to, it's got to bode pretty well, doesn't it? No doubt. There's going to be, I, I, my guy this week, I'm just going to throw it out there is okay. uh, Xander Shoffley. Um, Xander. He, he's, you know, he's, he's a guy like, you know, we're like with, with, you know, the emergence of so many young guys, it's like, we yeah. forget how good he is. Um, I've played with him in Charlotte a few years ago and I just, you need someone to hit it really high okay. out there long enough. Everyone seems to hit it long enough on tour nowadays. I don't, it's like there's guys, not that they're all the same player, but they all seem to the, um, uh, with the track man and way, way the swings being taught, like everyone's getting the most out of their driver and other irons and stuff like that. And, and Shoffley, it's that high draw that just works into so many of those holes. Um, he was close a few years ago. 
Um, he was right there. I mean, it was term, it was sort of almost in his hands. So, um, I think he's due. He's good at everything. Um, you know, I think when it's like you said, with the sub air system and the greens, the way they are, it, it just, it's hard to, it takes a few holes to figure out how the course is going to play. You know, the fair is going to be wet, you know, it's going to be, but like how the green's going to react to these shots. Right. And mm -hmm. when it does get wet, it does get a little, the ball doesn't seem to get as high off the fairways and stuff. It comes a little flatter. So, you know, how, how they dry the greens out and how guys are going to be able to kind of attack some of the pins and how everything goes is always, you know, always really interesting out there. And especially if you have, if you got, if you can't maybe reach some of the par fives and you're laying up and you can see a ton of balls spin with a, you know, off the greens and, and different situations like that. So, um, that he's kind of my guy. I like, um, you know, Jason day is playing great. He's kind mm -hmm. of under the radar a little bit. So that's a guy that like has tremendous odds, but I do like, I mean, you know, I just, I hate to say that he's due, um, but Xander just, I just like, I just love his game. It just feels like mm -hmm. when I think of Augusta and I think of the shots you're going to play, he's not, he doesn't have to try that hard. He doesn't have to do anything differently. It's just going to be pretty um, stock for him to kind of go out there and play, play really well. You just like Xander because he won the Travelers. No, he's also. good. I mean, he's, yeah. I remember, <laughs> like, yeah. Gosh. He's a good player. He's a yeah, good he player. Is. He's a good dude. Well, he's got yeah. no weakness, you know. No, There's, he's just, he, yeah, he's so solid. His driver's been giving him a little fits uh, in March, players and Arnold Palmer, um, but he had the lead, what, in 2021? Yeah. Late, and then he kind of stumbled, hitting the ball in the water on 16. Yeah. I think Xander has went through being more comfortable on Sunday too. I think he let some quite a few tournaments, not quite a few, but some yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. get away, you know, and then he looked, he put it away at the travelers. Uh, and then he goes and wins the Genesis Scottis open, which was a, an incredible field. Yeah. I was saying it's a heck of an uh, insane field. It's like a WGC field. Incredible like everyone field. was there, right? Yeah. Put that one away. Yeah. Um, obviously the gold. So like he's, he's more comfortable on a Sunday and look, Xander winning a major championship, no one would be surprised because he's he's that good. I agree. He's certainly um, on my short list. All right, last question. Give us a shot or two that everybody's going to have to face at some point at Augusta that you think is the hardest shot. Like the like you have to point to. The, everyone's going to have to hit this shot, and it's just it's just a it's just a tough shot. You just got to step up and hit it. Um, let me guess. Let you guess? Okay. Let me guess one. Let me guess one. Sunday down 12, right? Like that's just hard. It's awkward. It's such a, it, it's not, it's, it's just so awkward because the, it's so far to the right. It's going away from you. You know where you can't miss it. It's just a, such a weird, it's such a great left-hander shot, right? Because Phil, you know, he can roll it over there and if he pulls it, well, it, it's going long. So it's not in the water. But if you're a righty and it's like, okay, it's a, if you're not a natural fader or whatever, right? It's 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 so easy to kind of come up out of it, and that's why Tiger just doesn't even over the bunker two putt. I'm getting out of there. Like that's yeah. kind of the old old style is don't even mess with it. It's not mm -hmm. worth your time because if you pull it and you go in the back bunker, it's a whole another set of problems. So it is a weird, you know. Spieth probably has Spieth, yeah. You know, he'll have to. He probably will probably hit a ton of shots on that hole just over and over and over again on twelve, making sure that I, I have I have a plan for that. Molinari. Hit it in the water there too. Yeah. Remember? Yep. Yep. And that shot stinks. When you're standing there, <laughs> you got to drop it. 
now I'm like, how do I hit this shot where there's no green, there's no depth? Yeah. I don't want to hit it short. It, it's what about it, tee it, shot? What what tee shots are like? Do you think are are challenging out there when you got You got to step up and hit a good drive. Um. Well, you know, when the tree went down on 17, that was always a, an awkward shot. But it's you know, the, there's no tree there anymore. It's okay. just so straight, right? Like it's kind of taking the the teeth out of that hole. Mm-hmm. Um. 15 is always, you know, I think it sounds like 13 is going to be really interesting. Yeah. Um, being further back, I can't tell if that's going to make it easier because there's less um, thinking. And it's just sort of like, hey, we can't go through anymore. So we just, mm-hmm. our, our line, our shot's going to be a little bit easier. Um, I always just think that um, it always seems to come down to just playing, you know, 11, 11 is the big boy shot. I mean, that's just... I mean, it's just hard, hard hole. The you got to hit a good left. drive at 11, right? You have yeah. to hit a good drive at 11. You, you, can, you can kind of, you know, 10, 11, 12 are kind of like the start of that back nine, right? It's obvious, but it's like, man, it's just those holes. You play them well, you get three birdie opportunities, and you play it one under or something like that. You do feel like, okay, I just jumped up the leader. I just put mm-hmm. the pressure on everyone else sort of behind me. Um, but it always feels like, you know, I think the coolest shot is like that. that's – second shot on 15 right like you're just sitting on top mm-hmm. of that hill hitting over now if that if that shot plays if it plays slow and that shot gets a lot longer you know that'll be really really interesting yeah that's because it goes you're kind of it's kind of a flat tee shot and then it goes down but if you try to you know press it and you hit it left then all of a sudden you've got some decisions to make and you're gonna have mm-hmm. to figure out strategy wise how am i going to play this do i really want to go for it because you fly, you hit it too far. It's a downslope, then you go in the water. You know, I think it's going to be interesting how long around the greens the grass will be. Okay, we're going to see a lot of balls skidding off. You know, when it gets wet, you get a lot of skid, mm. and so it, you know, it's always hard to kind of chip around there because you have a decision: am I going to go high or am I going to go low? And kind of watch the ball go into the grass. But when it gets a little bit longer, you see the ball. It it when you try to hit something low and, and dig into it, it kind of, the grass is pretty thatchy. And so it'll grab it really fast. <laughs> so it, it's, you know, those, um, those in-betweeners there around yeah. the greens are always really, really interesting. I think at, at Augusta. Yeah, and it's just not, it's, you take the bounce out of that course and the spice and the, you know, it playing hard and fast. It, it's not the same. It's not the same track, right? I mean, anything softer for you guys, um, you guys are going to take advantage and, and, you know, when you can play the number and you know the ball is going to kind of land at that number and settle down at that number, that's a, uh, in your mind, it's more green light, isn't it? Versus when the ball's bouncing more and there's a little more spice uh, with the greens at Augusta. Yeah. If you can, you know, when I think of like all the ball stuff going around, you know, trajectory, the way the guys can hit it straight up in the air, Tiger's biggest advantage when he's was on his game, nobody hit it like him, but nobody hit it as high as he did. Nobody could stand there with a five or six or, you know, four, three irons, definitely not three irons and hit it like straight up in the air. Like nobody could do that. And when you play at Augusta, hitting it that high and landing it coming down like that was just so massive and so beneficial. Nobody could do that. And everyone was, you know, the ball would kind of, you come on flat with these little irons and some of these greens and it just, you watch it bounce and skid and kind of roll over the green. And he's like, he's coming down like that. Now everyone can do that. Mm-hmm. Like Scotty Scheffler was hitting it to the moon, Xander, all these guys hit it straight up in the air. Mm-hmm. And these balls are so well made that there's not much difference between these guys. That's why, you know, the scores have been so good the last, 
you know, uh, five to 10 years at Augusta because everyone can hit it straight up in the air. And that advantage is sort of from Tigers. Like the, the blueprint is like, this is what you want to do with your mid to long irons now. It's hit it straight up in the air. Yeah. And so the, the, the teeth of Augusta have been taken out a little bit. But like I said, the, the rain is really, that's really going to be interesting because I think you're really going to see discrepancies in distance off the tee. Some guys yep. are going to hit right into the hill and, you know, and some guys are going to hit it right over the hill and it's going to mm. oh, bounce and, and, and skid a little bit. So we're going to see um, a lot of that. That would be really kind of interesting where they set the tees off. And then, you know, I haven't seen the yardages um, in a long time, but there's always certain carry numbers out there that are huge that you're trying to carry it, you know, usually 290 to 300. Hmm. And like 300 is kind of like when you see guys can carry that, they take a lot out of out, out of there. And I think um, we're going to see a lot of drivers next week off the tee, which would be great. Yeah. Guys are going to be real aggressive. Well, that's why that's why I got, you know, Rory and, and Brooks right now as one and, and one A for me. And, and maybe I need to add uh, Xander Schauffele, uh to the mix. All right. Good stuff. Man, love it. Unbelievable. Um, going to be a fun week. And you've got your pick. Xander's your guy. You got anybody else you want to? No, I mean, um, going to wait till, got to wait till Wednesday night. Got to see what, <laughs> see how it transpires. I think <laughs> Justin, Justin Rose is kind okay. of, well, yeah, I would watch him. I think he's, you know, he's one not too uh, far away, but his, I thought I saw it was like 6,600 or whatever. I think that's, he's a guy under the radar. Um, that's when he could win is when no one's really kind of talking about him. The pressure's off. He can kind of just go play. Um, his skill set skill set is always so, so high. If he can get comfortable with the putter, um, then, you know, it's kind of sky's the limit. Yeah. You know, just, just, and for a lot of these guys too, right. It's just getting comfortable, put the putter in your hand. Like, you know, when, when Brooks watching that Netflix thing, right. Brooks was like, the putter was just horrendous. Yep. And, you know, his health was bad, but the putter, you could tell he's like, I didn't have the same feelings. If he's got the same feelings, you know, there's no one that's going to, no one he's scared of. No one, he doesn't think he's better than. Yeah, Rose, It Justin Rose on the first, second page of the leaderboard seems to just always happen, doesn't it, at Augusta? Like, yeah, he just, loves it. it. I mean, yeah, it, his it, name just it, always pops he up. He loves it. And it's just, he just has to, like, stop trying so hard. Yeah, it's just his name. Oh, there's Justin Rose. Yeah, he's yeah. five under. Of course he is. Of course he I is. Think, of course I think Justin Rose five under and T five right now. Yeah, I think he'll be a top ten lock for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, he's um, twice switched coach went to Mark Blackburn and they got a W. He looked good down the stretch. I was very interested to yeah. see because yeah, it's been kind of a while. Maybe you know he's the guy. Two shot lead. Um, had to sleep on it. Come back at Pebble and he was like, and that's it, right? That's that's the the mark of a guy who I mean, he was really like, owns it. He owns what he's doing. And he yeah. is like, I have complete confidence in what I'm doing. There's no yeah. doubt. He looked impressive. He yeah, yeah. really did. Hunter. Thank you so much for joining us on the pod. Have a great week, man. Thanks. Thank you for having me.